right, what is going on? Welcome into College Football Tailgate, a uh, recap edition, recapping week 10 in college football. Just me today, just me, no Will, no Ryan, and uh, they'll both be back on Wednesday for the classic uh, week weekday shows. We're going to be handicapping and having some fun in studio. But like I said, just me today, and actually I'm recording this a day later than we normally do. We uh, usually record on sat- on uh, Sundays. I'm here on a Monday morning ready to talk some college football week 10. So let's get right into it. Recap and reactions. It's going to be a little bit of a different uh, weekend show than you normally get from all the guys, uh, Ryan, myself, and Will. Uh, obviously because I'm approaching it just a little bit of a different point of view. I'm a uh, sports better. I look at this in terms of an upgrade, downgrade, and I'm just going to talk about the ratings, You know, look at some of the games that happened, and of course, go over our total records. Remember, if you want to bet these games we talk about, you've got to check out BetUS, and it's not just these college football games. Okay, BetUS is the best at a lot of different things. The, the main that I think is the fun entertainment bets. They have bets for a lot of different TV shows, award shows, pretty much anything you can guess. They had a uh, uh, what was it? Draymond Green, Jordan Poole fight odds a couple weeks ago. So if you want to just have more fun betting and have access to like casinos, blackjack, roulette, poker, things like that, check out BetUS. When you're signing up, use promo code TAILGATE. That's going to give us some credit and get you all kinds of bonuses and deposit matches. BetUS, promo code TAILGATE. Sign up today and uh, have more fun betting and help us out right here on the podcast. All right, let's get to it. Week 10 recaps and reactions. Let's start off with the records first. Just to bring everyone up to date, our latest Instagram post, which was a couple weeks ago. If, you, if you're following us right now, thank you. If not, we tend to post a lot of these picks. We actually didn't last week because uh, yours truly was fucking busy up to my eyeballs with handicapping this weekend, but usually I like to post some graphics representing our picks. So give us a follow on Twitter at CFB underscore pod or on Instagram, college football tailgate, and you can see our picks there. So let's bring everyone up to record with our picks. A couple weeks ago, going into the published picks online, we, uh, Will was 42, 38, and 1. I was 29, 16, and 1. This was before week 9. Then week 9, we both had a nice week. I went 2, 0, and 1. Will went 5, 2, and 1. And uh, just to go over those picks, our, both of our ties those week were that week was ECU. We had the uh, East Carolina Pirates, arr, plus 3. And then uh, I won with Oklahoma minus one and a half, and I won the bet board game. Will also won with Oklahoma, excuse me, Oklahoma minus one and a half, and then Will lost the bet board game. Will's other picks for week nine, Will won with Penn State, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Ole Miss. So total for Will, the tie with ECU, the losses with Oklahoma State and the bet board, the rest of them were wins. 5-2-1 for Will, 2-0-1 for me. So we ended week nine. Let's see here. Will was 47-40-2. I was 31-16-2. And and the bet board was 9-7-1. Jump ahead to what was last week, week 10. There was no bet board overall record, though. Will last week went 3-4. I went one and two. We both had Oklahoma State, that lost. We both had Clemson, that lost. We both had Texas, that won. Clemson was minus three, Oklahoma State plus one. Texas was minus two and a half. So those were my three, one win, two losses. Will shared all three of those picks. Will's other games, Will had Alabama minus 13 and a half. That was a loser. Will had Baylor plus three and a half. That was a winner. Will had Texas Tech plus nine and a half. That lost. And Will had Georgia minus eight. Of course, that won. Will went three and four. 
I went one and two. That brings our total records for the season. Will, yours truly, your, oh no, not yours truly. Will, your host. I, I don't know why I'm using yours truly a lot. Like, I never say that. I think it's just like in my head today for some reason. Anyway, Will, your host, who, if you missed last week's show, go find it in the show notes. Go look at our introduction to Will, our, our introducing Will to the audience. I think that was kind of fun. But uh, Will is now for the show. 50 wins, 44 losses, and two ties. That brings his total record to 53.2%. As we always talk about, or at least as we mention sometimes, the break-even percentage for all of these bets is 52.38. Let's call it 52.4. So if you're winning 52.4% of your games in college football, you're profitable. Congratulations, you are a winning sports better. Will is above that mark, 53.2%. Nice job from uh, my partner this year in Will. I am 32, 18-2, 64%. So right now we are trucking along. Want to keep it up, though. Looking at uh, putting in some work and handicapping, getting ready for this week ahead. All right, so uh, that does it for last week. Once again, this previous week, week 10, Will went 3-4. and four, I went 1-2. and two. Will's record, 50-44-2. My record, 32-18-2. All right, so let's get to some rankings. After, uh, after last week... Obviously, Alabama, Clemson going down. We'll talk about games here, specific games in a second. But uh, there were some discussions last week about the rankings and how Tennessee was number one. And a lot of people out there, a lot, a lot, a lot of people, especially uh, media figures, right? Like people you see on ESPN, people who generally I put into the category of being in the spotlight for sports, maybe even ex-players, but not good at, at, at handicapping or predicting or quantifying how good teams are, predicting what's going to happen. I mean, it, you would think it would be opposite, right? You would think that it would be ex-players equal knowledge and equal winning bets. I'm pretty sure Joey Galloway, who used to play football, you see his picks on, <laughs> on ESPN? I don't think... I think my dog randomly picking tennis balls would destroy Joey Galloway at Joey Galloway in a handicapping contest, okay? It's just funny what's going on in the sports betting world or just the sports world and to see people's reactions to things like last week, Tennessee being ranked number one. What the overwhelming response was is, of course, Tennessee's number one. Look at who they've beaten. Look how much they've beaten them by. Look at this offense, right? And I actually, when I posted my power rankings on this very show's uh, Instagram, I got some feedback from people I know. Oh, how can you have Tennessee so low? How can you have Alabama so high? Alabama had a loss. How can you have them right there? And this just goes to show the difference between the public's opinion and professional sports bettors' opinion. Okay, There wasn't a, a soul in the world last week who bet professionally who thought that Clemson was a better team than Alabama. But in the college football playoff rankings... In the coaches' poll, they were ahead of Alabama. Why? Well, Alabama had a loss. What are you supposed to do? They had a loss. And they had a loss in overtime on the road at the at the then number one team. And so this is the point that I taught that I made last week on the show on College Ball Tailgate, and that I will continue to make is that we're talking about different things here. When you ask me my power ratings or my top ten, it's a completely different discussion than the college ball playoff t- top ten or the AP top ten. Okay, because I understand. When you get a team who's undefeated, they probably deserve to be over a one-loss team in those systems. They're two completely different things. So when you're talking about the playoff rankings, yes, I do actually agree with the idea that Clemson should have been above Alabama in those ratings, that Michigan should have been above Alabama in those ratings. Okay, but, but not if you're talking about the truth and what these ratings should be and how good these teams are. Alabama 
is currently, and let's get into this discussion, Alabama is currently, in my opinion, a better team still in the country than all of the teams playing except for two. My ratings right now, I have Georgia number, and this is, I want to clarify, these are my power ratings, okay? This is what I would have teams in terms of a line on a neutral field. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Alabama 3, Michigan 4. Now, here's my top four before you start yelling at me. Here's my top four, what I would make the top four if I were on the college ball playoff committee. Because again, they're two different discussions. If I'm on the committee, if I'm replacing Condi, okay, if I'm replacing Condoleezza Rice, and it's like, who are your top four for the committee? It's Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, and TCU 4. Do I think TCU is the fourth best team in the country? Hell no. (laughs) That's crazy. Like TCU right now should be probably a touchdown underdog against Alabama. But TCU is undefeated. And that should be the point for the committee. I've always said this. If you play a sport, whether it's college football or whether it's, it's, it's high school swimming, or whether it's, whether it's professional curling, like I don't care what it is. If you don't have a chance to compete for the championship of your sport, if you don't lose a game or lose a match or lose a whatever other sports call things, then it's, there's something wrong with the process. There's something wrong with the sport. Does Alabama have a tougher schedule than TCU? Of course they do. But that's not what the essence of college football is about. So I understand that. Okay, I get that. I want to make that very clear. If I'm on the committee, I'm not doing my power ratings because that's not what it's about. Alabama has two losses. They deserve to fall back in the ratings, probably substantially. But when you're talking about intrinsic talent, how good are these teams taking everything else away? Alabama is still clearly the third best team in the country, at least in my opinion. And here's why. The, the, the public focuses way too much, way too much on results, on wins and losses. And you may say, hey, Tyler, isn't that what you play for? You play to win. You don't play to lose. I get that. I understand the point is to win and not to lose. But Alabama now has two losses. They're 7-2. and two. Both losses on the road at top 10 SEC opponents in overtime. Alabama could have beaten Tennessee if their kicker made the field goal. Alabama could have beaten LSU if they make one stop, one two-down conversion stop. Okay, so... Alabama right now, what, what, what do you think the narrative is? What do you think all those hacks and all those goddamn morons on ESPN are saying now if that kick does go in against Tennessee and if Alabama shuts down the two-point conversion? Which is very plausible. It's two plays keeping Alabama back. They're saying, oh, well, you know, Alabama, same old Alabama. They're going to have some close runs, but boy, that's Nick Saban. And again, those same fucking mouth breathers now are saying, well, looks like the dynasty's over. Looks like Saban's done. It's like because he had an overtime loss at LSU, maybe the single most underrated team in college football this season. And I say underrated based on perception. The the committee, I think, has it more accurate than the average football fan does out there at the bar. But my point here is LSU, did anyone think that LSU was a great team to start the season? No. But I think everyone's swallowing that now after the Alabama game. and after. I mean, look, LSU was a very good team. Brian Kelly might be the, the second or third best head coach in college football. So the fact that they lost on the road to LSU, that's not like an indictment. The fact that they lost to me, okay, to me, it's not an indictment. The fact they lost on the road in overtime to Tennessee after missing a game-winning kick, that's not an indictment to me. Okay, so... I don't focus on that stuff. And the reason why I'm, why I'm talking about this is because this is the disconnect 
from those who make money betting sports and those who watch the sports rapidly. Okay, I understand a lot of people who disagree with this are are pure college football fans. You watch every game. And that's great. But you overreact too much to wins and losses. I'm telling you right now, if Alabama plays TCU on a neutral field, they're killing TCU. But do I think they should be above TCU in the rankings? No, I don't. Because that's not the essence of college football. So I think the top four, when we talk about it on Wednesday, and again, this will be announced tomorrow night, I think the top four should be Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU 4. But I do not think... That's the way they go in terms of power ratings. All right, overall takeaways from the weekend. Obviously, Alabama losing like we talked about in overtime to uh, LSU. Score on that game was, let's pull it up here. Game in just a sec here, folks. All right, week 10, week 10, week 10. Um, What am I talking about here? Oh, yeah, Alabama, LSU. Alabama Losing in overtime, 32-31 to LSU. At halftime, that game was 7-6. More scoring in the second half. Alabama outscoring LSU 15-10 in the fourth. And then, of course, LSU going for that two-point conversion in overtime. That was huge, right? Brian Kelly said after the game, if you would have asked him before the game, if he had one play, one chance, that if you execute, you beat Alabama, he'd take it 100 times out of 100, and they did just that. So congratulations to LSU. Brian Kelly doing Brian Kelly things probably sooner than a lot of us thought. I know that's what I thought, uh, that it may may take a year or two. I think that that's what my co-host Will thought. But LSU, I mean, they they control their own destination, and they they could win the SEC this year. So LSU beating Alabama at home, 32-31. Clemson also going down. Will and I both lose with Clemson this week. Notre Dame beating Clemson at home, 35-14. And let me tell you, this one was not even close. It was a bad handicap. I was wrong about Clemson. I was wrong about Notre Dame. I, I got pretty much everything wrong in this handicap. You could have got wrong. I misidentified uh, uh, Notre Dame, how good they could be. I misidentified Clemson, how they were just waiting in the bushes, you know, just give them some, give them an opportunity. And how about Drew Pine? I mean, yes, he, <laughs> 9 of 17, 85 yards a touchdown. Okay, I get it. But he did a lot of what they asked him to do. He didn't turn the ball over. Clemson turned it over twice. They still got 348 yards on offense. I know the stats for Drew Pine weren't jumping off the page, but he did. Look, sometimes not doing something is doing something, not throwing the ball, okay? And so the fact that he stayed out of trouble, only had 85 yards and a touchdown, great game plan. Marcus Freeman, I think, actually outcoached Dabo Sweeney. And I know I criticized the whole, everyone's saying this is the end of Alabama. So I certainly don't want to be hyperbolic and overreact to Clemson. But I think you're not really paying attention if you if you haven't noticed that uh, the last couple of years, Clemson's dominance has been fading, and I'm not so sure with the NIL changes and with the way college football is moving that, that Clemson is the most prepared university to take this on. I'm not so sure Dabo doesn't leave soon. And I know that may sound crazy because he sort of cemented himself in there. They've given him all kinds of raises and, and backings, and he's one of the most well-paid coaches. But the way that college football is moving, with the expansions, with all of this new money coming in, I'm not so sure Clemson set up well. So anyway, just wanted to put that out there. Certain downgrade for Clemson, upgrade for Notre Dame. I'm doing both of those. You don't always upgrade downgrade based on results, right? I, uh, let's rewind to the LSU-Alabama game, okay? I upgraded LSU pretty substantially for a week 10 game, like, like a point and a half. But I only downgraded Alabama about a half point. And the reason is, like I said, if Alabama wins that game, does anyone downgrade Bama? Probably not. And if LSU loses a close game, does anyone downgrade LSU? Probably not. So we have to be careful there. 
But uh, LSU, I think they certainly get an upgrade because the question mark was, can they keep up? Can that offense score in Alabama? Can they stop what was a potent Alabama offense? I think holding Bryce Young to 25-51 constitutes is, is stopping. So LSU upgrade, Alabama downgrade. Uh, just slightly, though. LSU about a point and a half. Uh, Alabama about a half point. Notre Dame upgrade and uh, Clemson. I would say substantial downgrade for Clemson because we finally saw it come to fruition. And win or loss, they look bad. And the advanced analytics don't support them. All right, uh, let's see here. Georgia taking down Tennessee. How did we save that for third? Well, I guess because this was the first day since 2000, or first weekend since 2013 that both Clemson and Bama started off with a loss. That's why I kind of started with those two. But I know a lot of Tennessee fans and Georgia fans out there are saying, why the hell aren't you talking about the biggest game of the weekend? Let's get to it. Georgia beats Tennessee 27-13. Obviously, a wake-up call for Tennessee. And this is what I was talking about last week when I said I had Tennessee, what, fourth or fifth in the country, and I got that hate mail on on Instagram, you know, pretty much call me an idiot. How can you call Tennessee? How can you say Tennessee's not the number one team? Clear number one team. Clear number one team. Okay, well, let me ask you, all of you out there, now that they have a loss, are they still the clear number one team? And a lot of people may say, and here's, here's, the, here's the oxymoronic uh, approach that a lot of people have, is that a lot of the backers who were saying Tennessee was the clear number one or number one or number two team, they're going to say this week, well, they lost to Georgia on the road, right? But those same people are probably saying Alabama deserves to fall back, even though they just lost to LSU on the road and lost to Tennessee on the road. And people are going to say, well, Georgia dominated Tennessee and Bama lost to them. Again, these things all, you can't really play that game. Okay. Otherwise you could say, wait, Marshall beat Notre Dame. And Notre Dame beat Clemson. Does that mean Marshall's better than Clemson? See, it doesn't work. Okay, they're, they're, it's different every team or every week. You're going to need a different uh, team every week. You can't do that. So I think Tennessee and Georgia are very, very close to what I thought Tennessee and Georgia were. Georgia's clearly one of the best teams in the nation. Tennessee is clearly very, very, very good. Not yet, not quite yet elite. And that's not some indictment, okay? Just because I'm, I'm, I'm not saying Tennessee's in the elite class this year, and there's going to be a lot of people who argue with me, doesn't mean that I think they're a bad team. I just don't think they are Georgia or Ohio State or even in, <laughs> you're going to laugh, or even in Alabama, okay? So they're not on that level. And who cares? Maybe we drop Alabama down out of that level this year. I'm fine with that. Alabama's in the 1B that would constitute, in my rankings, I have Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, fine, that's the elite. And then Alabama 3rd is the 1B, Michigan 4, fine, I'm fine with that. Well, however you want to, the semantics, or however you want to define it or, or, or put it out there, that's fine with me. But this went how very much to how I saw it going. Uh, do we upgrade or downgrade, uh, downgrade Georgia? I think we slightly upgrade Georgia because of their defense. They answered a lot of questions for me defensively. Was this the same Georgia defense? Was this the same Georgia defensive line that, that dominated last year and was number one in efficiency? I don't know if they're the same defense, but they are very, very good. And they've continued to get better through the season. So uh, Georgia, no real change. Maybe a slight upgrade because the defense. And then Tennessee, they are remaining unchanged. I didn't learn anything new about Tennessee this game. I, I'm not surprised they're they're potent offense. But all, you know, everyone, all those dumbasses saying, oh, it's offense, it reminds me of LSU 2019. It's like, okay, they're good. They're not that good, obviously, right? 2019 LSU didn't get hold of six points in the first, what, 50 minutes of the game? So I, I didn't do anything to Tennessee. No downgrade, no changing them. Tennessee's still a very, very good football team. They came up against Georgia. That's all that happened, so... 
No change for Tennessee. Slight, slight upgrade for Georgia, mainly because of the defensive side. All right, let's keep moving on. Michigan, 52-17 win over Rutgers. <coughs> Excuse me. And that was iffy. It was, what, 17-14 at halftime. Michigan rallies to uh, win 52-17 on the back of a 38-0 second half. So Michigan moving on up. They keep dominating and looking good. 52-17 win. Uh, TCU covers the spread late against Texas Tech. That was a tough one for Will. Will had uh, Texas Tech plus 9.5, and, and TCU outscores him 21-7 to win by 10. So yes, Will, I'm out there sympathizing with you. I understand that was a tough one. Uh, Max Duggan, 12-23, 195, two touchdowns. He is putting himself in that, I think, closer and closer to the Heisman conversation. Don't know if he's going to win it, but he belongs up there in the talk. Uh, good game for TCU. Big, big second half for them. That looks scary there for a while for the Horned Frogs, but they get a 10-point win. USC gets a six-point win on the road, or excuse me, at home against Cal. USC takes down Cal 41-35. Uh, UCLA beating Arizona State 50-36. Let's see. Moving on down here, the rankings list on ESPN. Uh, Texas with the quote-unquote upset road win. This is exactly why ratings are stupid, and you look at the market for, for predictors. You know, if you just look at the rankings, well, Kansas State was six and two. Texas was five and three. Kansas State was ranked thirteenth. Texas twenty fourth. How could how could a team at home who's ranked thirteenth be an underdog? Well, that's exactly how Texas dominated that game. The final score was closer than the stats showed. Texas, uh, we Will and I both had a minus two and a half. They closed minus three. They get the upset win. I, I say upset because they're the ranked lower, but it's silly. They get the road win, 34-27 at Kansas State. A couple more ranked games here to go over. Utah, 45-20 over Arizona. Uh, Penn State, 45-14 over Indiana. Illinois uh, Illinois losing to Michigan State. I guess uh, Mel Tucker uh, and his backups did okay on the road, 23-15 over Illinois. North Carolina, how about UNC and Fatty Mac Brown? 8-1 UNC, 31-28 win over Virginia. They're going to start talking about UNC. 8-1 and overall, 5-0 and in the ACC. Is it deserved? Not so sure, but they are 8-0, or excuse me, 8-1 and overall. Uh, Oklahoma State goes going down big, 37-16 to Kansas. And this is a different Oklahoma State defense than we're used to seeing. It's not just offense. I know that Gunnar Rangel... Uh, or Garrett Rangel, excuse me, 27-40, 304 yards and two touchdowns for Oklahoma State. Two early interceptions put them off on, on a bad foot. But this was more about, in my opinion, the Oklahoma State defense. You know, Kansas had shown their hand. They had shown that you stop the run, you force the quarterback into situations. They, they're not a great, great team in the Big 12 moving the football. But Oklahoma State wasn't able to do that. And Kansas, coming off three losses when they showed some real signs of fatigue and struggling to come up with new ideas didn't look like that at all so actually i'm downgrading oklahoma state a little bit there slight slight upgrade for kansas but to me that game was way more about oklahoma state looking bad than it was kansas looking good tulane top 20 team in tulane beats tulsa 27 13 syracuse goes down to pit 19-9 and uh, nc state gets 30 21 win over wake forest that does it for our top 25 other reactions from the weekend um, again, top, uh, top couple teams going down in, in Alabama Clemson first time since 2013 that's happened. And really my last point here is I think that everyone needs to understand that when it comes to the committee and it comes to college football playoff and the rankings, they do kind of a combination. 
Okay, that's why you see weird things going on week to week. That's why they had some one-loss team uh, teams against no-loss teams last week. I do give the committee some credit. They try and sort of take everything else out and look how good the teams are. But having said all of that, you can't ignore the fact that some teams are just undefeated. So tomorrow, when the rankings come out, I fully expect TCU to be in the top four. If they're not... I think there's something going on further behind the scenes that the committee's trying to set up for the future. I don't want to be all conspiracy theorist on here or call that out, but I do believe if TCU's not number four, there's a problem here. They should be the clear number four. Going off last week's rankings, last week before uh, week 10, Tennessee one, they should drop out of the top four. Ohio State two, Georgia three, Clemson four, Michigan five, Bama six, TCU seven. Alabama lost. So again, my rankings, that doesn't matter, but in, in the eyes of the committee, they dropped down. Clemson lost, Tennessee lost. It's three of the top seven teams. Naturally, I expect Georgia to jump Ohio State with the uh, caliber of their win and uh, Michigan and TCU to slide on up. So Oregon looked good this weekend against uh, Colorado, but it was Colorado. USC looked good uh, this weekend fairly against California, but it was Cal. And that's what these Pac-12 teams are going to run into. That's why I think they're probably out of it. Oregon, USC, they may both get jumped actually by LSU, who just beat Alabama. So those are my thoughts about what the rankings will be. Stay tuned for Wednesday's show when we react to rankings and pick next week's games and probably have some fun. Well, we'll do the, the helmet bracket second round. And who knows what those what those knuckleheads, and that what Charles Barkley would say. He would definitely call Will and Ryan knuckleheads. I don't know what those knuckleheads are going to bring to the show. But we'll talk to you then on Wednesday. Until then, good luck whatever you have going on uh, uh, early in the week. College basketball is back today. So if you're a college fan, heck yeah, some hoops return. And uh, good luck with that. So uh, we'll talk to everyone on Wednesday right here on College Football Tailgate.